Foden Beat Show, a weekly podcast about the 2024 Star Wars Armada Vassal World Cup. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, good time zone. Welcome to the Foden Beat Show. I'm Ray Lee 42, and with me tonight is my co-host, Armchair Jedi. Hello there. And tonight we've got a special guest. Uh, I actually should have asked how to pronounce your username, but I'm going to go with Mercier. That's the Canadian way to pronounce it, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, cold. cool. Well, this is a Canadian podcast, so that makes sense. Uh, Mercier, t- why don't you tell us how to pronounce your username? Uh, that works, or Mercer. Mercer. Uh, or, you can just call, or you can just call me Alan, either one. All right, Mercer, you got it. I'll, I'll get less Canadian in my uh, my intonation. Uh, tonight, we're going to do the standard food and bead interview of Mercer. And then uh, the topic of the evening is, or whatever time zone you happen to be in, we're not time zonist on this podcast, is objective selection, what gets played, and what gets flipped. Uh, we had some really good talks with Stu Bucket and Mercer, and we've got a bunch of data here that looks super interesting and fun. Uh, and then uh, Armchair will do his standard uh, week two Swiss recap and get us all caught up in the game. With that, let's get into our interview with, with Mercer. So tell us, how long have you been playing Star Wars Armada? Uh, started, I believe, I believe it was right after the SSD launched, August of 2019. Just walked into... Uh, well, it gets to your next question, but about August 2019, and nonstop since then. Right on. So you were about to say, how how did you find the game? Uh, so Krabic via YouTube suggestions because I was looking for a minis game to get into, and I love Star Wars, so uh, it had to have been a Star Wars minis game, and YouTube gave me Krabic. Nice. Uh, were you into mini games before that? I was not. Uh, hadn't touched one, hadn't looked at one, nothing. I just saw some stuff on YouTube and wanted to get into one. And Armada. That's really interesting. So, is there something that drew you into mini games? Because looking at them now, uh, from you know my advanced age, I I don't think I would look at them and be like, you know what? What I really need is a hobby that takes up all of my additional time. And a bunch of my additional space. And additional space, yes. Yeah, no, I just, like I, I saw the battle tech, some of the other ones. I was getting out of another hobby at the time, and I wanted to find something to, uh, I guess, focus on when I'm not working. We're not hanging out with the family. That way I don't go stir crazy. Totally. And did a little bit of Google searching on, or searching on YouTube for stuff, and uh, apparently it knew all Mother Star Wars searches, so. Right on. Uh, were you a big Star Wars fan before that? I think you said that a second ago. Yeah, I uh, I just saw it today. Apparently, it's the 25th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, which makes me feel really old. But so old. I oh saw that on launch day when I was in high school. Me and five of my buddies, uh, one of the, one of our moms drove us up there, and I was in the back of a hatchback, like in the cargo area of a hatchback sitting. <laughs> Go into the theater to see Phantom Menace. We sat in the very front row looking straight up at that screen, but it was amazing. Wow. I remember we, we, we got up in costume and, and like camped out overnight to buy back when you children in the audience. Back in the day, you had to go to the movie theater place to buy your ticket to see the movie. So we camped out in front of the theater to buy tickets the, the day the tickets opened up. And I remember being in the theater when we went to see it and the you know, it's silent, and then, you know, the, the the Fox logo comes up, and then there's that that writing, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and the place just went nuts. It was like the Super Bowl. It was like people were just cheering and whooping and everything. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Yes. Um, I just looked it up. Phantom Menace release date was 1999. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, pretty, pretty far away, but also um, I was, yeah, I was a teenager in 1999, so... Yeah. Never do the math. No, I just did the math. It was fine. Yeah, I saw a post today that they're putting Phantom Menace back in the theaters for the 25th anniversary. Oh, so I may have to go see them. I kind of want to see it. Go see uh, yeah, it. I was, how old's your, your kid? Uh, six and nine. Yeah, oh, cool. I've, been, 
I was thinking about it with my six-year-old. I was like, that's yeah. actually a decent movie to to like get her into, maybe. I'm, I'm going to take Nate. Nice. Nice. Uh, but I think I should watch it by myself first to like edit away any scary parts. I don't know. Cover your eyes, dear. Uh, Mercer, have you played in previous uh, VWC events? The only one I played in was uh, the 2022 one, so the, the previous year one. And I did not make it out of pod phase. I was in Kellorn's pod. <laughs> and then did did he uh, actually try to fight you or? Oh yeah, our our pod was bloody. So the, I remember it was twenty one twenty one. So Kellorn and the other guy that made it out were all twenty one. I had twenty TP. Wow. So oh we, man, we, it was it was so close in our pod. That's incredible. Uh, so how do you go from uh, not making it out of the pods to organizing the whole thing? Uh, just a random chat with uh, some of the guys that were running it beforehand, and you know, let them know that I help out, kind of like Stu, just volunteered, and they took me up on the offer for help. So nice. it's been a blast. I, I I think I'm having more fun running it than I am actually playing playing in some of the games. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, have you been doing a bunch of tournament organization in your local? Yeah. So I. And one of the ones in Houston, and then I'm one of the ones that also works with all the other Texas organizers so that we can organize our regional area. So we have the the three big areas in Texas, and then Oklahoma City, and then our uh, the Arkansas crew. We're all kind of consider ourselves one big region. Um, then, yeah, I think that is the end of our little interview. I was literally about to ask you another question. I was like, he, he didn't play, so he can't tell us anything about his pot opponents. Uh, I mean, I guess, did, did, were, were you able to spectate any games? Did you see any games that you thought were pretty cool or interesting? I got to spectate a few. I think I recorded one or two already. Uh, but they've been good. Some of the few that I've been to hop in and look at them, I hopped into Kellorn's last match uh, where his onager was looked like it was going to go off the board, but it was also surrounded by squadrons. Uh, the two ISCs were facing each other. I looked at it. I was, I was like, man, that, that onager's dead, but the Quasar's already gone. Uh, I saw the two ISDs and kind of figured that, you know, one or both of them would die, so I was able to hop out. It ends up that, yeah, that happened. The uh, I think the Kellen was able to save his gladiator and his ISD, but tabled his opponent. So that one and a few others where I try to hop into a few of the the better guys that I know that play, some of the better players that I've you know met in person. Uh, I try and hop in and watch some of their games, and then try and hop in and watch some of the newer players that hadn't heard it before that are doing really well. I'll try and get in there to see their games. Awesome. Well, with that, uh, why don't we get into our topic for this week? Objective selection, what gets played, and what gets flipped. Armchair, do you want to take it away? I would love to. So objectives, it, it's it's a little bit tricky to talk about objectives in the middle of a tournament. But what what I've asked and, and what... Um, Mercier and Stu Bucket have been kind enough to provide was like a sanitized uh, list of objectives. So I can't see whose objectives are what. All I have is basically like faction, a couple meta meta fleet stats and, and objectives. Also, when we get into talk about the flipping, this is based on replies to the I don't know if I call it a survey or a questionnaire that was was circulated for people to report on their games and their objectives, who won, who lost. And there is a, a five point scale that let people kind of say, I felt like my objective was flipped or I, I don't think, I think the second player got full advantage out of, out of the objective or maybe no, neither player got advantage out of the objective. So those, those responses is our kind of window into the, into the flip, not flipped side of things. And they do include a few second chance matches. Um, but I think it's it's still a worthwhile data set and I think it's going to be interesting to take a look at. So without further ado, I broke down the top objectives for each color that are being played at this year's Vassal World Cup. Um, starting with the reds. And this didn't really surprise me too much. The most popular red is 
most wanted. Uh, what was a bit of a surprise, the second most popular read was Surprise Attack. Um, any thoughts on, on that? I think most wanted, I mean, it's a pretty good go-to if you've got the right fleet for it. And 42% of players thought they had the right fleet for it, but Surprise Attack? I mean, my takeaway is uh, looking at some of the other any other colored objectives. I think it's about control, picking where your opponent's going to be. I wish I could take most wanted. You can. I mean, there's there's nothing stopping you except for good sense. That's uh, that's the problem. And actually, <laughs> I think somebody recommended me with most wanted, and then um, playing with like that the the armed consular, hmm. and then just since it's a mercy mission anyway, you're like, I might as well just fuck off with it. Well, you know what? We'll, uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later when we break it down a, a little bit by faction. But uh, but we'll, we'll put a put a pin in that. Um, for yellows, again, uh, Con, Cono, Contested Outpost, is one of the most popular yellows. The other one, Hyperspace Assault. And there's 20% um, of the fleets had one of those objectives. And then close behind it, 17% was Rift Ambush. I mean, Rift Ambush, like like you just said, um, you know, controlling a lot of the board, controlling movement, controlling um, objectives and stuff like that. Very important. Hyperspace Assault is interesting because that's, I feel like that's one that that some fleets can do probably pretty well. I'm looking at you, Empire. And and some fleets maybe maybe not so well. Any thoughts on that? I agree. There's uh, you gotta have the right ship for the hyperspace assault. Uh, like Alpha, you're learning a lot. Don't really have a ship that I can put in hyperspace that's going to be a threat. So don't see it too often. See it a I lot love, with demo. I love the idea of hyperspace assault, but I find that I never it never leads to success for me. I tried. So I've been flying a, a Kraken streaker list. And I tried out hyperspace assault at a at a tournament I played in recently, and yeah, it. it I thought, okay, I'm going to put something in there. I was going to put like a, a QBT battle refit in there, drop it in behind. It's going to can come in, you know, nice and slow. Get the extra dice, hit the rear arc, speed the spotter, uh, and, and yeah, you know, it just like yeah, I kind of did that, but it, it wasn't impactful enough for me. I think it's interesting that 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 uh, um, that objective seems to be very useful for for very specific fleet archetypes and 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 like i said i think we're going to see that it's um it's largely one faction that kind of can take advantage of it um for blues again a very very close spread infested fields was number one 25 of the lists uh, solar corona number two makes sense and then the there's a tie for third at 17 percent between superior positions and volatile deposits so Clearly, superior positions. That's leaning into your your squad heavy fleets. Um, volatile deposits is one that I, I chose. I like to I like to play. Nobody picked it, unfortunately, uh, when I was in the pods. Solar Corona has got an obvious obvious advantages for low fleet count ships, and and, and infested fields. I mean, are any of those kind of stand out as surprising, or are those all pretty much expected for you guys? It's kind of expected what I what I expected to see. Not really surprised. Infested fields is top, but I've I could have put superior positions up there above it. So I'm a little bit doomed station kind of surprised it's that low. Seeing as contested outposts is, you know, that much higher for it. I remember this is just a random anecdote. When I was first reading the Rebellion and the Rim objectives, um, I thought infested fields was like broken i thought it was absolutely broken and thankfully i turned out not to be right but it's still a damn good objective having said that it's interesting that i I say that and then solar corona and superior positions are the uh the two objectives that i've i've put in my blue for the most in most of my fleets recently so yeah superior position i mean obviously i think you get superior positions you know waxes and wanes depend on depending on the the squad comp in the in the tournament, right? Uh, if there's more, more Sloans, more one three fours, you're probably going to see that a lot more. Uh, so I imagine that one, you know, the the what is it called? The unholy trinity uh, will will grow and, and shrink depending on your on the number of squads in the whole tournament. Um, and you mentioned Doom Station. Doom Station is in there a fair amount. There's I think eight 
fleets with doom stations, so roughly 10%, but um, not not as many as the other ones, which is, uh, I guess, yeah, a little surprising given how how popular Contested Outpost is. Are, are there any on this, or any, any of them, you mentioned Doom Station, but are there any others that are like, oh, I'm surprised, you know, this one didn't make it into the, the top two or three of reds or yellows? Not really. I mean, the stuff at the bottom is kind of expected. Uh, and the stuff at the top, I, th- I think objective play is the one part of the game that is actually stealth. Because uh, it hasn't seen any any changes in much longer than, you know, list building or ships and upgrades and all that. So not really surprised. It'd be nice to get a something to shake that up. I suppose if we had a... I mean, people have mentioned strategic being something that, that you could look at to, to tweak in that regard, and that would shake up objective play. If the Clone Wars factions had strategic, that could shake up some some choices. So it would be interesting. I mean, I know nothing's been promised. I mean, I'm 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 the eternal optimist here. So if we do get a a, a rapid reinforcement three or or beyond, I, I hope to see something like that in in there. Um, but not to dwell on wish listing. Speaking of squadrons, and speaking of squadron choices. I took a look at the popular choices for squad list, or squadless and squad heavy. So for squadless, uh, surprise attack was the most popular red. And, and there was um, interesting because it kind of skewed towards CIS. And I, I think that's the Dooku effect. But surprise attack, if you have no squad, surprise attack was the, the number one choice. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. It is... Control where your opponent is, and then you raid their squadron commands. There's a, I mean, a few lists can handle that if you can generate tokens to to get around it. But then you're burning resources that you would have otherwise been using. So it kind of blunts the the squadron threat against your squadless list. So I'm not surprised one bit that that one's there. And then yellows, we we kind of already mentioned uh, con- contested outpost, rift ambush. And then, I mean, no surprise, I think, in the blue with uh, Solar Corona. No, not not on a squad list list. What was, do you have any info on, like, opening salvo on the squad list list? Oh, good question here. Let me flip that over here. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at it. There, was, there wasn't very many in the entire tournament. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That one's usually interesting. I, I think we may see more of it with more MSUs, but it's... Since I don't really think it's necessarily a second player objective that, you know, benefits, you still get the first player red dice. And I've seen the first player do some work with those two reds, an Akbar list with two extra reds and that kind of stuff. So I, I don't, it's fun to play. It's one of my favorite objectives to play in the red, red suite, but I don't think it's a competitive, competitive objective. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed opening Salvo too, but yeah, it, it can flip back on you. Absolutely. Um, moving on to squad heavy. So precision strike, superior positions. Interestingly, uh, most wanted was almost as popular as precision strike for a squad heavy list. Um, I guess, you know, throw it on your, on your Gazanti, your GR 75, and then, um, go to town with the, your, your other ships on, on their most wanted ship. But, uh, interesting to me that it was so close. And then in the middle, instead of fighter ambush, it was rift ambush. But there was lots of variety um, behind rift ambush. I mean, fighter ambush was definitely in the in the mix, but rift was was definitely the first. And then the, you know, a sprinkling of a lot of different choices there. Uh, I know. I mean, fighter ambush. You're kind of trading a bit on your deployment to to get your fighters farther out. Maybe that's not the best uh, the best plan. I guess. Yeah. So I mean, it's. With you, my Yularen list, Precision Strike, Fighter Ambush, and then Superior Positions. Fighter Ambush is the one I always kind of flex on because I mean, you're giving up a lot of deployments. It helps with the arcs. But Yellow is, is always the one that's kind of hard to, to, to pick an objective for. The most wanted versus uh, Precision Strike. I think that is people that are worried about Precision Strike getting flipped on them. I used to not be in that boat, but I've had more of these ship-heavy lists that are able to either make it a wash for me or flip it uh, on me sometimes just because they have so many ships. 
that I think some people are moving over to most wanted to protect themselves. So that's kind of a, uh, one of the ripple effects of changes that have happened in since rapid reinforcements 2.2 and seeing more MSU floating around, you think? Uh, MSU are just ship heavy. I mean, there's, I have to look at the Vassal World Cup. I know locally in Texas, uh, there's a lot more just, you know, four and five ship lists because Gar, Anakin, uh, some of the Imperials are flying back to flying two ISDs and two Gazantes or an ISD Gazantean squadron. So I think part of it is just hedging your bets, trying to make sure it doesn't get flipped on you. And most of it's not a bad objective. So for sure. Any, any, any that you thought from either squad list or squad heavy that, you know, maybe you thought maybe people are, are sleeping on or, or you're surprised weren't, as popular, like superior positions for squad heavy. That's, that's almost half the choices. So there's people taking other stuff, but, um, you know, anything that you think is missing out of those lists? No, uh, ripped ambushed, man. I, I think people are waking up to that one. I know it's, it's seen a lot more play recently, or at least it's, I've seen people talking about it more, uh, kind of understand why some of them are using it. But it'd be really cool to talk to some of the guys uh, and gals that are running it and find out why they're running that in those specific lists. Because uh, it is in, it's in both, right? Rift Ambush and Squadless and Rift Ambush. Yeah, it's it's the popular one for both, for both of them. lists. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, to chat with some of the some of the top in the Swiss that are running it and find out why they're running it. Yeah, maybe on a, on a later show or when we get around to talking to the eventual champion. Um, definitely something we can ask about. Um, so I, I took a look at faction breakdown. This is where it gets a little tricky because I, I don't want to give away anybody's, um, you know, anybody's objectives or, or give enough hints that, you know, you can, you can gain an advantage be, because of, um, because of our podcast. That's not really what we're, it's not what we're here for. And, and I know the, the world cup is, you know, it's a fun competitive tournament but it's still a competitive tournament so um i don't have any percentages i don't have any numbers for these but the most popular objectives for each faction uh rebels was most wanted hyperspace assault and then you know sort of combination of infested fields um doom station and hyperspace migration i thought it was interesting seeing the rebels with hyperspace assault in that slot. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it a 30? I'm thinking it's a 30. That's going to come out and uh, wake you up. Yeah, that would do it. Surprise, uh, surprise 30 from your behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. not, not surprised there for the rebels. I mean, but again, it's, you know, I think we're going to see across all the factions there. There's the cream of the crop objectives. Uh, and then every now and then you'll get a one that pops in because it's a niche for that specific list. Yeah, hyperspace migration, good example there. Where with the the rebels having a lot of broadsiders, they can float along the whales and take pictures while still doing damage. I remember when Maturin was workshopping his uh, Prox Mines Gar fleet. Uh, I think it was like two years ago, and uh, he took hyperspace migration. And I was like, "What's your plan with that?" And he said, "War crimes is my plan." <laughs> So, so he 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 put the whales on 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 the opponent's side then, or and the and the mines no, he, on the whales. He put the mines on the whales and then flew them at his opponents. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so looking at empire, and this is a lot of variety on the empire side. Um, most wanted precision strike and surprise attack were were tops for the reds. Uh, Kano. Rift Ambush and Hyperspace Assault for the Yellows and Solar Corona and Superior Positions. You know, I think Empire is probably one of the better factions to do squad lists, so I'm not I'm not surprised to see Solar Corona, and they're also one of the best for heavy squads, so I'm not surprised to see Superior Positions there. Um, and yeah, like like we, we mentioned, you know, I've seen Rift Ambush getting a little bit more play now and getting a little bit more interest. I, I, I took Rift Ambush when I was playing my Agate Liberty list because I, I just kind of liked flinging that thing around the ambush and trying to sneak up on somebody's flank and um, usually die gloriously in the attempt but um, any 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 empire objectives there you think are missing or, or ones that are um, 
I mean, obviously most wanted is, is always a good choice. It seems. Um, when we get to the next topic, that's, it's a yes, no from the, from the data we got in on most wanted. Uh, but no, no surprise on those. Again, it's, it's all the objectives that we typically see, uh, in its empire. So they're going to, they're going to use and use and abuse them. Yes. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, you know, for the most part, we're hearing a lot of, yeah, not surprised, not surprised. I think a part of that comes from the, the quality of the field this year too. You know, people are, um, people have gotten good at this game over the, over the past few years and, and the skill level in general is, is much higher. So seeing people dialing in on these competitive objectives and having plans for them and working them well is, is, it's good to see for the game. Um, but yes, no, we, we kind of tease this a bit. So the gar top choices for the gar are surprise attack and most wanted. Uh, Kano for your yellow and then um, superior positions and infested fields for the blue. But there's your most wanted popping up again. But in, in for guard this time, no cheap flotillas to throw away. Uh, maybe your mercy mission ship. Yeah, I don't love it. It seems very risky. But that's me. I, I'm I, risk averse. You're really doubling down on that mercy mission, really. I mean, if you think yeah. you can keep it safe, then you're you're going to be okay. But if you lose it, you're you're really going to lose it. Yeah. I think a fleet I flew way back that had Mercy Mission on the console, I might have, I think I did VIP and maybe most on it and just load up the Mercy Mission. If you can make it a target for your opponent that they break off too much of their fleet to just go for that one target, and then the rest of your fleet can uh, clean house, probably a good usage of it. I just, you know, I wasn't skilled enough to do that against the opponents I face locally. Uh, but I'm sure someone with more skill might, you know, be able to leverage that and do a carrot on a stick and get someone to make a mistake and commit too much to the the carrot. But with, with Gar and their objectives, oh man, I'm surprised and not surprised. I'm not surprised that, you know, we have a lack of precision strike and, your typical squad uh, squadron heavy objectives because guards that's that's their bread and butter but in this world cup we have zero zero yularns uh, we had a single plow that dropped so we don't have a lot of the squadron commanders for gar uh, i think probably half the fields anakin testing testing them out so we're seeing those squadless uh objectives dominate yeah not to say that there aren't squad heavy garless but yeah i was i mean i think i mentioned before i was surprised at the lack of yular and um you know there's still a few bales out there but yeah sort of a i guess a bit of a, a a skew for this particular tournament in in general i was just looking it up here we got um 13 percent two out of 15 fleets are 121 plus um five out of the 15 are 100 plus points in squad so there's there's some heavy squads out there but yeah, I guess with with the gar, you, you know, leaning too hard into the into the squad objectives. I mean, you got some ships that can put out some damage too. Um, you know that that trick of of doubling down and and kind of putting your eggs in one basket with mercy mission. I mean, it's high risk, high reward, like you were just saying. And and if you can get your enemy, you give them that that you know, dangle that prize in front of them and make them bite. And if they bite, then you can chew them apart. But if you, yeah, like you said, if you if you can't manage that, then that's a much more points given away than you want to. Yeah, mercy mission is a struggle. I, th I think uh, Machi last week's guest had said this before too. I struggle to to pick a republic list that doesn't have mercy mission in it anymore. Yeah, I was just taking a quick look here. Only about a quarter of me quarter thirty percent of Republic fleets had mercy mission, so people are are making do without it. But you're right; it is a very, you know, very tempting. There's not much a whole lot of downside to it um, in in most fleets. Don't count my fleet. I I have to count your fleet. It's part of the data set. No, you it, you don't count my fleet. It was a bad idea to go without mercy mission. It's what we call skew. 
I won't do it again. And I mean, uh, so we're talking objectives. I mean, Mercy Mission, at least how I look at it, is a secondary objective that only the Republic have that they can leverage. And it just, it works so well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we were, we were talking about last week with uh, with bids and how you know, your bid is like a an upgrade to your objective. Well, you know, your Mercy Mission is can be an upgrade to your objective too, I suppose. So looking at Separatists. Um, again, uh, Surprise Attack is on there, obviously. Most Wanted is on there. And... And shoot, I put a, a uh, Iron Storm. I put an abbreviation down. I'm like, wait a second, what is IS? Ion Storm is the other uh, popular choice for the Separatists in the Reds. Uh, you've got a abandoned mining facility, of course, with any fleet with Watt in it is going to want AMF. Uh, Rift Ambush is the other yellow. And then Infested Fields and Volatile Deposits for the blue. Uh, most Wanted, again, a little bit surprising here. They don't have the Mercy Mission play to make. They don't have... I mean, you could put it on your Gazanti, but your Gazanti is still 27 points now. You know, you'd be giving away 54 if you lose it. So, um, you know, that's that's still a chunk of change. And you still, you know, you're paying that that those points for it. You still want it to, to do something. So you can't necessarily get it to run away even at speed three. So um, interesting to me that most wanted is there. I mean, I guess, you, you know, you if you think you can really capitalize on those extra dice, then go for it. But um, that kind of surprised me. I'm not. I don't play droids all that much. Uh, I think there's a, a few people here that do. Fox being one of the big ones, but from playing Fox and a few other separatist players that I get to play regularly, none of these surprise me. I think AMF with Watt is the one yellow that has no trouble picking. And then I was going to look up the. I think 60 is a threshold for a 7-4, right? 60 points? Yeah, over six, uh, like 61 and up to 140. So if you if you most wanted your droid Gazanti, you know, 54 points, if you have an upgrade on it that doesn't put over 60, you're still below that threshold. So yeah. it still it's makes sense to have it there, but it's it's much closer than the other two factions. Yeah. Yeah, and for for me, I mean, I was one of the Iron Storm people. I was one of the uh, Volatile Deposits people, but with my Kraken list, it just kind of made sense to take some that leverages the ability to set the crits. So, and, and of course, I I didn't have the bids very often, so I didn't get to play them very often. And when they did, they just chose my yellow, uh, which we'll get to. Um, looking at the 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 survey data, so looking at flipped objectives according to the people, and I looked at. The, the extreme ends of the scale. So stuff that people said, yes, the first player totally took advantage of this objective and, and had, had advantage from it. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, no second player totally owned their objective. Most flipped objectives were hyperspace assault and fire lanes. I mean, hyperspace assault, we were kind of talking about how, you know, with the MC thirties, with your demolishers, you know, that, that's, that's a strong play to have that pop into your, your flank or your rear and, and do a ton of damage, but losing that deployment is a, you know, it's, it's a big consideration for, for a lot of fleets, I suppose. Fire lanes, you know, if, if you, if you don't have your own strategic and you run into strategic, uh, fire lanes can become a problem for you very quickly. Um, I was a little surprised with, with hyperspace assault though, that, that it would be flipped one of the most flipped objectives. Hyperspace assault. I, th- I think that is one of the ones where it's probably that rate that highly because I mean, we're, everyone in this tournament's highly skilled. So if you're playing at this level of player, hyperspace assault is easier to flip because of the skill required to make it useful. It's not just dropping your you know your ship behind another ship and doing stuff. A big part of at least how I look at hyperspace assault is those tokens threaten an area and there's three of them. So you're threatening a large area that affects how people, you know, deploy and how they navigate their fleets, trying to avoid those threatened areas or mitigate them. And I think part of this flipping, because I would say we probably don't see hyperspace assault flip that much like in our local metas. 
but we also don't have this high of a concentration of skilled players in our local meadows. I think it, it comes down to that. It's the skill of the players involved uh, that make that objective easier to flip or easier to dominate with. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of the like the area control aspect of it. You know, those tokens being big. Be careful if you go here. Kind of um, warning warning signs. Um, but yeah, the, the skill level. As, as you say, yeah, would would be. I mean, it becomes, I guess, just a, a really, really tricky kind of almost like a, a chess play at that point. It's like when you know, where do you put them? How do you use them? How do you negate them? And with the the, the quality of player we have in this tournament, yeah, yeah, I, I could see that being finding the right leverage, the fr- the right seam to to use it against you. Yeah, so I I went down one more on the scale of flip. I did. I looked at fours and fives together. And most wanted becomes the most flipped objective. And it's also the most, you know, the objective that was picked the most, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, so I think for the, the four point was like a, a slight advantage or a, um, and the five was like a, a strong advantage. So clearly people are being able to flip that. And, and it's, like we said, it's, it's a risk, especially like in that, in that gar, Mercy mission double down, you know, that's, that's a pretty big risk. Um, I guess you got to have a plan for it. I mean, like, like any of these, um, you know, I, I know one of the faults in my game is that I kind of go looking for, for objectives that I don't know. I, maybe it's not a fault. You know, I go looking for objectives that, that would be fun to play that I'll enjoy that I can leverage, but I don't always have a strong plan around. This is how I'm going to execute this, this fun objective that my, my fleet can leverage. Uh, whereas people, you know, people at the high end, people who made it out of their pods, um, you know, they've got those plans. They've got that practice and they, they know what to do when they see those. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. My most wanted being the most, most flipped in general and the most popular. Be careful if you take most wanted people. Uh, least flipped though, Kano, um, Infested Fields, uh, Planetary Ion Cannon, and Rift Ambush. It was a fairly even spread between all those. And, um, I mean, Kano, I can definitely see, you know, you, you, you take that because you know, you want people to come to the station. You're going to camp the station. You're strong enough. You got enough command dials to, to benefit from it. And you need to, to force that engagement area. Um, PIC, I thought was interesting. We don't see PIC super often where I am from. Um, and I haven't played with or against it very often at all since I've been playing. Um, I guess it's hard to. I mean, how would you how would you qualify quantify if somebody flipped that or didn't flip it? I guess if you get those crits off and you're popping um, defense tokens off enemy ships, that that's great. Um, but it, I, is that is that something you can do consistently? I don't know. So I have a uh, a person locally, uh, Jay, who who fl- flew that with his Jonager list. It is rough. Uh, Yikes. I mean, if I don't think you can flip uh, ion cannons just because you know, it doesn't do anything for first player. You can't shoot off of them. There's no points to score. So at best, you neutralize it. Like you, you give them, they didn't get any of the shots off or they got them off and they were negligible impact. I think that's one of the ones where you just, you can't flip it. You can negate it, but not flip it. Yeah. Not necessarily super impactful all the time, but very very low downside uh well i'll take that back in the one instance you can flip it is if you're one of the people that flies morello the possibility you could use it to flip right? oh geez yeah <laughs> oh geez <laughs> well, that's that's morale that's that's another podcast entirely um although I mean, that kind of dovetails nicely into the next little bit here the, the trouble with yellows i mean you, you touched on it earlier how yellow is can be uh, a tricky one to pick and a tricky one to get advantage on. I mean, if, if, if we look at these, you know, hyperspace assault, most flipped, it's a yellow, you know, con O PIC rift ambush, all yellows. Um, I always have trouble with yellows. I don't, I, you know, I, I play separatists these days, but I don't run Watt tambor um, officers. So I'm not abusing AMF. Um, Although, you know, I, I've considered just like putting Watt 
on there and taking AMF without actually a plan just so that people will look at it and choose one of my other two. But what, what, what is it with yellows? I mean, why, I mean, I guess number one, are they the, the harder one to, to choose? Are they the harder one to get advantage of? And, and what can you do to, to kind of get those going in your favor? Man, this is my take on it, and I could be completely wrong. I might be off, but I'm looking at the the data for the numbers of objectives that were taken. You look at the reds, and you know there's what five that dominate, and the blues there's five or six that dominate, and everything else is onesies, twosies. With the yellows, you have over half of the objective suite is uh, five plus in selection. I think that the yellows are probably the best balanced of the three suites. Uh, it has the most that are usable uh, across many different uh, fleet archetypes. That's why it's harder to pick because when you're trying to pick a yellow, you're not you're not having problems finding a good one. You're normally having problems finding which one is best for your fleet. I don't know. I feel like in my and maybe it's my personal experience, but with with the the sort of LMSU style that I play, I find like okay, I'll take I'll take asteroid tactics, and that's all I'll play because it's a safer choice than ion storm or infested fields or vault hall deposits. Or I'll take um, you know I tried hyperspace assault, it didn't really work so well. I took rift ambush back in the day. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It, it's um, so maybe it's 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 entirely possible that it's my my style and my fleet choice that's that's making it harder for me personally to to dial in on one that I can really because you know when sometimes you look you look at the the objectives and you're like I don't want that one I don't want that one and I don't want that one and I feel like often um, for me especially it's like nobody wants the red and the blue but they'll take the yellow um, so is that is it maybe a a fleet archetype specific problem more than a, a general problem i say you just lean into con o and just just play it every game <laughs> i don't want to play con o every game anymore except uh, con o into your heart but again like 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 if i'm doing again you know archetype specific problem but you know if i'm doing an lmsu i've got maybe like seven command dials total Right, that's not that's not a lot if you're flying across from somebody who's got you know, like look at um like a cog list for example, right? So, I don't know. I know I find it I find it tricky, and I and I I, I wish there was one that kind of spoke to me and uh, gave me the same kind of synergies as as the reds and the blues have during my career. And it could be that you know maybe, um maybe these ones are more balanced. Maybe they're more nuanced. Maybe I just need to kind of get my game to a point where I can, you know, I'm, I'm operating at a bit of a higher level to really, really, really leverage these. But yeah, I've, I've, I've just been, my experience is that I've always struggled with yellow, like red and blue. I can usually dial in no problem, but um, yeah, it's yellows are tricky. Yeah. I mean, I still, I struggle with yellow sometimes like fleet Am- or fighter ambush. When I put that in my Yularen list, people are picking that over precision striker superior. Uh, so it's, it's difficult. I, I think it is archetype dependent, but I, I still think that the yellows are the most balanced of the three suites, and, and you know, the numbers show a high usage across the board on yellows, and it could be experimentation. So, for sure, I guess the last interesting bit of data that came out of the the objective information that you guys provided to us um, in the World Cup, sixty nine out of 88, roughly 80% of the lists had at least one of the following six objectives. Most wanted, surprise attack, contested outpost, hyperspace assault, infested fields, solar corona. So if you are building a list, a competitive list to take to a tournament, to take to a world qualifier, to take to the last chance qualifier in March, I think if if you're unprepared for these, if if you don't know how you your list is going to react to having to face these you're you're in for a rough time right i mean yeah these these are these are generally popular objectives so a great way to prepare yourself for that and something that i think again you know in my own experience i don't do when i'm designing a list is is stop and think okay well okay i'm i'm going to face you know this archetype 
and they give me these three objectives. How do I, what do I do? How do I react to these choices kind of thing? So if you have a plan for, you know, how do I deploy or deploy for solar Corona? You know, how do I react to surprise attack? You know, if you have plans for those, um, I think you, you give your game that, that leg up, right? Absolutely. I think, I know locally there's a couple pairs of players uh, in the Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mark uh, region where they will deploy. They'll, you know, they're, they're testing their fleets out. They'll deploy. They won't even play the game. The two players will just talk through, hey, I think you won this based on these things from deployment. They may play the game. They may not. They may pick a different objective, redeploy. Uh, but what they're doing is, is they're formulating those plans on playing against objectives they expect and fleets they object uh expect and deployment is super critical in this game so not playing the full game just your opponent talking with you through what the, you think you would be doing and then getting repetitive deployments down it has a lot of merit to it i mean i've tried it a little bit but i'm still just an average player uh but getting the deployment down for a fleet you're practicing with versus those six objectives would probably help a tremendous amount. All right. Well, um, hopefully that was some interesting info for people. Hopefully that's some, some little tidbits that um, yeah, you can kind of take away and, and work on it and maybe get your game to, to the next level. Um, I think we're going to roll on now into the Swiss round two, round two recap. Um, and check out how the past week of games was going. Now, um, Mercier, the, the Swiss is three rounds, correct? Four rounds. Four rounds. So, so this is the second that we're going to have. We're just, just starting the third now. So this is the second of four rounds. And, you know, it was, it was kind of uh, a bit of a closer round in some ways. I mean, uh, you got Kalorn, who continues to uh, atone for his sins. And you got a bloody win against Garrett, uh, 400 to 312, a close game, but a bloody, bloody game. Um, friend of the podcast, Mackie Brickhouse, 318 to 74. Uh, former Refuse Inferno aficionado truthiness, got a big win over Zaz, 292 to 38. Backseat Admiral sacrifices flagship, but got the table on Admiral Taya, 400 to 172. Cadet VW dropped a close one to Meme Master Spike, 190 to 146. PT-106 bounces back with another close match, this time 250 to 198 over S. Proteus. The round's Skin of Your Teeth Awards goes to Plausian with a one MOV victory over Dark Raver, 225 to 224. Laugh Fuzzball sneaked past front of the podcast and Muster, 251 to 220. Rimson got out of the basement with a 245 to 203 victory over Deridian. In Rob We Trust and Wax Maniacal generated a combined 41 victory tokens on AMF but Martuk and Wat Tambor proved too much for Anakin, and Inrab Retrust took the match 555 to 210. Another close one, Aresius edged past Angry Ewok 53 to 0. Louis Andre made good on his rematch versus Ion Hawkbound with a 7 4 win. Argentium picks up a 8 3 win over Envy Specialist 86. Friend of the podcast, Stu Bucket, continues to roll with a 329-60 win over Jonas Walker. Uh, rumors abound of a potential rebranding for next year's VWC. Is that uh, is that in the cards? I'm just staff. I'll leave that up to Matt and Stu. Okay. Possibly the Stu, the Stu WC next year. We'll see. Uh, Patrick beats beat Specker, 275-60. And Sam smashes Solo Serenity in a sizzling skirmish, seizing a stunning score, uh, 10-1. So the standings right now going into the third round of Swiss are as follows. So we're looking for the top eight. And after the fourth round, the top eight will advance to the final. Going into the third round, Outbound Flight, Truthiness, Maki, and former podcaster Kalorn are tied on top with 17 points. Uh, my former podmate in Rob We Trust, uh, the Stu World Cup, and Backseat Admiral are tied at 15. Garrett, 2020 champ Aresius, Paul Heaver, and Argentium tied at 14. And the 2022 winner, Sam, 2021 runner-up, Angry Ewok, 2022 runner-up, Louis Andre, Mako Patrick, Arc Welder, all tied on 13. Uh, it's still a tight pack, but two games to go. We'll have to see how much that stretches out and where some of these uh, former champs and runners-up um, wind up. I'm looking forward to, to next round for sure and seeing how some of these games play out. But I think that's yes, all we've there's got. there's uh, one in particular that I think a lot of people are wanting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. 
Which, which one is that? The two cogless that mm. have to Highlander each other. Well, they'll, they'll both run away. It'll be a 6-5. You hit it here first. I'm predicting it. Man, if they do that, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think either one of them could get rid of the shame tag <laughs> if they do that. The, 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 the meme channel will just explode. They'll get a new role just for them. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's it for uh, week two. Looking forward to week three next week. And uh, looking forward to catching some more awesome games. Fantastic. Anything else you guys want to uh, say before we get out of here? No, thank y'all for having me. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of y'all uh, at Worlds next month. Looking forward to it. I wish wish I could have gone. Um, it's not in the cards this year, but hopefully one day. You can uh, send an, 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 an inanimate object of yourself and yes. we will have you there in spirit. I, I don't, I can't, I can't, it's, it's gotta be organic. Like I can't, I can't mail you something and say, here, use this as, as a, as I mean, put me beside the crash can and take a picture of us. Um, but I, I'll, I'll leave that in the imaginations of the people and we'll see what comes out of it. For no good reason. My imagination went dirty. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Organic material. All right. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, Mercer. It's been great having you on the show. Um, thank you for volunteering to help organize. Good job. That's all for tonight. We'll catch you uh, in two weeks. Uh, we are not doing an episode next week. Please put the pitchforks down. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, it is okay to blame Armchair Jedi. Apparently it's entirely my got- fault better things to do and honestly even though he can run a podcast without me i cannot run a podcast without him if only there was another podcast out there that was um you know that people could listen to maybe, maybe take up command stack uh i wish i could remember i'm sorry guys i can't remember the name of that one from down under and it's driving me nuts um yeah you know go go find some oh coolant discharge coolant discharge check out cool. coolant discharge uh command stack um, lots of great content out there. Um, you know, hopefully you'll find something to, to tide you over until we get back. Nice. Well, until then, uh, may the force be with you always. Thanks for listening to the food and beat show. If you have any feedback, feel free to reach out by email or discord. Listen again next week for more vassal world cup commentary.